The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? What that boils down to is that we look at movies that are Ron and Ron Tomatoes and we reevaluate that score. Is it really that low? Tonight's movie is the second installment in the Twilight Saga, New Moon. Directed by Chris Weitz, starring Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Taylor Lautner, Ashley Green, Rachel Lefevre, Billy Burke, Michael Sheen, and Dakota Fan. New Moon is a 2009 romance fantasy vampire film based on Stephanie Meyer's 2006 novel, New Moon. It is the second film in the Twilight Saga films and is the sequel to 2008's Twilight. This film currently holds a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? When Edward leaves Bella, her whole world is turned upside down. With Bella's heart broken, she turns to Jacob, or Jake, her best friend to fill the void that was left by Edward. As Bella spends more time with Jake, she learns that there's more than vampires in the town of Forks. <laughs> this movie is like three hours long. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> no, there were several plot summaries, and they were all like like three paragraphs long. Like they were like a, sh- a novel. And then there was that. It's like one sentence, and it perfectly sums it up. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Okay, guys, here we are again. The world of Twilight. I never thought we'd see the day when we would be reviewing another Twilight movie. I knew we'd be back. <laughs> I knew that you, Joel, couldn't get enough. I know your hunger for Twilight is insatiable. <laughs> okay, so our history is pretty well known. Martin, you're a Twilight devotee. I'm a Twihard. You are a Twilight aficionado. My first Twilight movie was New Moon, and then we watched the first movie for the podcast. And Kevin, what's your history with this? I don't have a history. This is the first time I've ever seen a Twilight movie. Twilight Virgin. I've never read any of the books. And I'm now coming into this series on the second part. I didn't see the first part. Yeah, so you're entering this world exactly as I did in the second part. Mm-hmm. Are so. you gonna Are you gonna backtrack like Joel did? See, <laughs> no, no, and I won't be forced to from this podcast because you've done it already. Okay, yeah. You say that with such adamantine pride. <laughs> you really, you're really never gonna go back. You don't want to know how this came to be. All right, so let's take a moment to stop and acknowledge how far we've come. This is the 50th episode of the podcast. I never thought that we'd make it to 10 episodes. But Let's raise a glass. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here we are, the 50th episode, and we were debating for a long time as to what movie we should do for the 50th episode, but we came to the conclusion that we need to do Twilight 2, because as far as I'm concerned, the most important episode in the past of our podcast is episode 8, when we reviewed Twilight. When we reviewed Twilight, we came up with a format for this entire podcast, and it really gave us a pretty definite direction to go in, and it really shaped us into what we are today. Yeah, because after the infamous episode 7, we got blasted (laughs) in the reviews, like, these idiots don't have a structure, knock it off. So, that's when we figured out what the hell we were doing was episode 8. So, as far as I'm concerned, the first episode of this show is episode 8. All the ones before that are crap. Listen to those at your own peril. But here we are, back into the world of Bella Swan, back to Forks, Washington for another adventure. Okay, so let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll do Discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. 
first up, Kristen Stewart. In comparison to the first movie, I thought that her line delivery was especially choppy and again, really flat and one-dimensional. And at this point, she's not getting a buy from me because I've seen the third one as well. <laughs> and uh, she has too much incriminating evidence against her acting <laughs> at this point for me to let her slide. I'm starting to get the feeling that this is a Star Wars prequel phenomenon where we get a bunch of people in here that can act, but the material isn't allowing them to act. There's some of that going on, but that can only go so far. I mean, Natalie Portman in the Star Wars prequels, obviously the material wasn't in, like conducive to acting, but she wasn't, I mean, in my opinion, as bad as some of the acting going on in this movie, if that's what you're referring to. I don't really have much exposure to Kristen Stewart before this, but um, there were a lot of times where it seemed like she was just reciting lines, not really much of a line delivery, especially when she was with Edward. They just didn't really have much chemistry at all. Yeah, she didn't really impress me. Which is strange because in Us Weekly last week, <laughs> they had a secret wedding. Martin Hilton, back again. <laughs> Celebrity gossip. Okay, next up, Robert Pattinson. Again, not, not as flat and one-dimensional as Kristen Stewart, but nothing stellar or phenomenal about his acting. And you don't realize how one-dimensional their acting is and their characters are or how flat their line reading is until you get somebody with actual acting chops on and then it becomes like very apparent. Yeah, he's coming up soon. Yeah, he's coming. <laughs> Robert Pattinson? Should this guy even get second billing on the credits? I mean, he was in it for maybe a half hour? You think Lautner should get second billing? Yeah, he was in it for longer, right? He's a, a bigger character. He was, for me, coming into this, not having any experience with any of these characters, he was a backstory. It wasn't even that important. I agree. Good point. Yeah, he was barely in it enough to really gauge his acting chops, whether he grew or wilted <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> not really sure. Okay, next up, hmm, Teen Dream. Teen. Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Teen, steam, dream. Debonair, handsome. Be beefcake. Boy beef. <laughs> Boy beef jerky. Oh for sale. <laughs> I, I what is that. happening? His line delivery was a lot better in comparison to uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, in my opinion. I think that he actually emoted. His character also was more emotional, though. Like, Kristen Stewart's character was supposed to be, like, very subdued. And Robert Pattinson is a 120-year-old vampire with no emotion and he believes he has no soul and it definitely comes off. Yeah, I like this guy. I liked him better after he cut his hair. He looked ridiculous with that long yeah, hair. Yeah, he had the Van Helsing haircut yeah, this it, whole thing. It, it was pretty ridiculous. I couldn't <laughs> take him seriously at all, but once he cut the hair, I took him seriously. Yeah, he's alright. I thought he had a cool tattoo. You know what I'll say about this guy? He was alive. He was more alive than the humans that were alive mm -hmm. in this. Okay. Yeah, so I, I liked him. I, he's Team Jacob, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all agree that everybody here is on yeah, right? Team Jacob. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty important that we flesh this out. Like, what team are you on? Team okay. Edward or Team Jacob? Okay, so before we continue with the podcast... <laughs> let's just pause for a let's moment. Let's pause for a moment and think. Everybody here is, what, Team Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm Team Joel. Jacob. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Joel, you still have your cup, right? Oh, yeah, my Burger King <laughs> Kids Club. <laughs> still my Burger King hologram Jacob, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team Jacob cup. <laughs> I remember that. Kevin, why are you on Team Jacob? He's a likable person? How about that? I don't like Edward. <laughs> okay. I don't even have to say likable. He's a person. <laughs> like, if you're going to have sex with somebody and cuddle with somebody in bed. It should at least be warm. It right? should have a pulse. <laughs> it should be alive. <laughs> All right. Next up. Can you believe it? Michael Sheen. He's back. So in 
Underworld, he was a werewolf. Now in Twilight, he's a vampire. It's like he's flip-flopping roles. When he comes on screen and he starts, I guess, putting on a clinic and showing people how to actually <laughs> act, it becomes so apparently clear that nobody else in this movie is a capable actor. It's so fun watching this guy. Like, he's doing the same, like, little facial tics that he did in, like, Tron Legacy. This guy's fantastic. <laughs> his, so his, his body language that he integrates into his acting alone is really something great to see. It's really fun. He looks like he's actually having fun. Yes. Yes. No one else in this movie looks like they're enjoying themselves. Oh, no. This is an ordeal for it's them It's like to they're be at there. a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is enjoying life. And it's fun to see that. It's always great to see an actor enjoying their craft. And finally, who'd have thought she'd show up in this thing? Dakota Fanning. <laughs> she, she was dead. She was in for like three seconds. She was, she, she was in for three seconds, and I don't even think that she should really be listed as one of I'm the... I'm bringing her up. Ma- uh, okay. What did she have? One line? And she gave it with such gusto. It was amazing. I know. She had one word. She said pain. No, 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 no. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. She said two words. She said pain, and then when they asked about the secretary, she said, or dessert. Oh, so good. She has three oh. words in this entire movie. Why is she listed on the bill at all? She's an amazing actress. No, she's not. <laughs> okay, let me get into the brief history of Twilight New Moon. And by brief, I do mean brief, because if you do any research into this thing, you're going to get, what, 800 pages worth of garbage on Wikipedia? Pretty much. But every little minutia. On November 22nd, 2008, one day after the theatrical release of Twilight, Summit confirmed that they would begin working on New Moon. The film's American premiere was held on November 16th, 2009, which in the lunar cycle is a new moon. <laughs> Due to major physical changes that occurred in the character of Jacob Black between Twilight and New Moon, Whites considered replacing Taylor Lautner in the sequel with an actor who can more accurately portray the new, larger Jacob Black. In an attempt to keep the role, Lautner weight-trained extensively and gained approximately 30 pounds and doubled the size of his... <laughs> Double the size you almost of his got me. <laughs> You almost got me. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> you lay louder weight chain extensively and gained approximately 30 pounds. It almost doubled the size of his penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Kevin, you almost got me. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for a day for that moment. Yeah, so <laughs> Kevin wrote the notes for this episode. He's trying to trick me a little bit. Trying to man-child me. <laughs> To prepare for the aggressive task of making the wolves look real, the visual effects artists studied wolf cultures. In February 2009, a group of artists were able to travel to Wolf House Sanctuary. The damage is done. (laughs) Outside of Los Angeles and see real wolves, the artists were able to observe the behavior of both. The timber and arctic wolves who ran in packs of three to five. The idea was to give everyone a deeper feeling of the creature that they were creating. One challenge for the production team was how to convey Bella's depression once Edward departs. In the novel, these pages were filled with the names of the passing months, and in the movie would be represented as a visual effects shot with a camera circling around Christian Stewart. The film was nominated for one Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel, while Melissa Rosenberg was nominated for Worst Screenplay, Robert Pattinson for Worst Supporting Actor, and Kristen Stewart in either Pattinson or Taylor Lautner for Worst Screen Couple. 
Okay, so Twilight. So New Moon opens with a dream. Bella is walking around in a field and she sees a decrepit old lady. And when she walks up to it, Edward shows up and she quickly realizes that that, that dirty old lady is Bella herself. So she's worried about her impending mortality as all 17-year-old girls have on their 18th birthday, I guess. This doesn't really make any sense. I, this is the kind of stuff that, to me, it makes sense when it appeals to like older women who like these books and can yeah. get into this character's head. Like, is, that's something they would feel, right? But a 17-year-old girl wouldn't feel that. Okay, so we cut to Bella and Edward again at school. And just like in the first movie, we're at the parking lot. Bella has parked her decrepit 1965 Ford. Jalopy. J- jalopy Ford, of course. Edward pulls up in his BMW 7 Series and comes out in the sexiest Fabio-esque slow motion. It was pretty magical, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, he's got this, you know, this tight undershirt shirt on in his uh, sweater vest. The wind's pulling it open as he walks slow-mo towards her. He looks so pale and disgusting and sick. I don't see why any woman would find him attractive. I really don't. Does he not look sickly? No, I totally agree. He looks like he should be in the hospital. Like he has pneumonia (laughs) or something. This is the Team Edward, Team Jacob scene. You have to make your choice right now, right? Oh yeah. Alright, so we get a little slice of life of the kids in school. Again, it's in the first one. I actually like this scene where they're in English class watching Romeo and Juliet. All the girls are like crying and they love it. They love the dialogue. They cut to the one guy. He's just like falling asleep. And I was like, yeah, I can relate to that guy. (laughs) Been there. I've done that. So Edward and Bella are having a uh, tete-a-tete in the back of the room there. And the English teacher doesn't like what he sees going on in the back of the classroom. So he uh, tries to embarrass Edward, but (laughs) tricks on him. Gotcha, buddy. Edward recites line from line out of Romeo and Juliet very, very, very poorly. He is not a Shakespearean actor in anyway. Nope. It's around this point that I wrote down, I can barely understand what Edward is saying. Am I the only one that had a hard time understanding no, what that guy was I saying? No, I did. I had to get really close to the speakers on the television to hear what they were saying, but it wasn't because it was qu- like a low volume. No, it wasn't. There's like background noise going on, and their voices were very low and mumbled. Yeah, like he was saying a lot of stuff, and I was like, what is he saying? I they, can't. They must have used uh, Behringer sound equipment. Yeah, Behringer mics. <laughs> 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 the Yes at Bad School of Production. Just <laughs> get the cheapest equipment. <laughs> We skipped one very important line. Before they go into the classroom, Jacob also meets up with them in the parking lot of the school before they go in. And Bella makes the comment, wow, you've gotten really big. Are you doing steroids? It's at this point where when I saw it in the movie theater, I was almost positive that a human being cannot gain that much weight in that short period of time without doing anabolic steroids. Well, it said that he desperately tried to keep the role. He Would he do anything? anything? Yeah, I don't think they're doing uh, <clears throat> drug testing for uh, steroids on the set, are they? I don't think so. So what about the Christian Bale school of weight gain? Eh? I don't know. The Hugh Jackman school? Yeah. That's the real school. <laughs> I think the real school of weight gain is, is the Sylvester Stallone school of weight gain. Where he gets caught in Australia with steroids. <laughs> he looks like he has really bad back knee and has shriveled testicles from the amount of anabolic steroids he's done. How ironic. He was trying to double the size of his penis. <laughs> <laughs> and, and instead he shriveled. He lost his testicles. <laughs> What's really odd about this is that this isn't the only time in the movie that steroids is, and his size is brought up. What are you implying, Martin? <laughs> I'm I'm implying that like his steroid use was so overt that they added it into the script of the movie. So we cut to Edward's house and apparently it's Bella's birthday. She's 17, 18? She's 18. Oh, they're all fawning and doting on Bella here. And yet again, I'm still wondering like, why do these people 
care about her so much. Yeah, they were really like celebrating her, like like she was one of them or something. Like they were welcoming her to the family or something. Mm-hmm. Well, why do they care? Listen, <laughs> listen, Kevin. As vampires, they live in a world of death, so they relish the opportunity to celebrate life. <laughs> They go around, and, and Bella's been given a camera as a birthday gift from her father. Mm-hmm. Proud Papa. And they go around taking pictures and everything. And I'm left to wonder, is anyone going to show up in the pictures? Martin and I both scoffed out loud when Kevin asked this question, because he's a Twilight newbie. He doesn't understand yeah. the the physics of the, the Twilight vampires. The vampire <laughs> laws and rules are thrown out the window? Yeah, totally different subset here. Yeah, the vampires in the Twilight universe are made to be essentially invulnerable. They have all the powers that a... And van- none of the weaknesses. And none of the weaknesses. So like even sunlight, sunlight does nothing but make them look fabulous and sparkly. Yet these are, in from what I've seen, the most subdued vampires right. I've ever seen. Very sophisticated. Like if they're ultra powerful, yet they're like cowering in fear. They're hiding from humanity. It just seems kind of weird. Uh, one of the most interesting scenes in this movie is where Bella goes to open her present and she gets a little paper cut and that one little drop of blood, it's like blood in the shark tank because the one guy Jasper I believe he's blood drunk and he <laughs> charges after her hungry for blood what do you think of this sequence he lost his cool and actually the guy did a pretty good job of selling that I mean he looked enraged yeah and uh, that was actually kind of a fun scene I mean I don't know why Edward had to Superman toss Bella basically through a wall possessed is a good word I think he looked possessed yeah I mean we, he, normal I think reaction would have been to just jump in and hold the guy off but instead he like throws her like a 30 feet he did. He threw her backwards to safety, I guess. All he did was cause Bella to rip her arm open even more. Mm-hmm. And even more bloodshot everywhere. Time and time again, as Bella interacts with these characters, it is appallingly clear that she does <laughs> not belong in this world at all. No. Like, she's in constant peril. It's like, you are hanging out with monsters, you idiot. And here's your proof, right in your face. I like this. I wish they would have played this sort of thing up more. Like, this whole movie should have been about this, don't you think? You are playing with fire here. You're gonna get burned. Isn't that what this the whole plot of this movie should have been? Yeah. The dad vampire, Carlisle, he takes Bella aside and stitches her up and he reveals a little plot point about the vampires. He says that he has no soul or that he's damned. He says damned and he also says that he believes Edward believes he doesn't have a soul. Yes. And so through this whole thing, Bella wants to become a vampire so badly. And he says he doesn't want to condemn you to hell. Yeah. Like, this is a guy who's been a vampire for a very very, very long time. And he is flat out telling you, listen, man, you don't want this. I have it. It's horrible. Don't do this. You're going to lose your soul. And what does Bella say? Oh, please bite me right now. (laughs) She says that she would give up her everlasting immortal essence and soul (laughs) as long as she could be with Edward. I don't see them making being a vampire appealing at all in this movie, but she's obsessed with it. I also don't understand why that's the case, why a vampire would have no soul. I mean, if you're a regular person, you get a attacked by a vampire, bitten and become a vampire, and then just eat, you know, animal blood, why would you be damned to hell? Like, why would you be condemned for that? I think, like, maybe he's talking metaphorically and she's so young and... Stupid? I, yeah, maybe. She'll never understand what he's talking about? Maybe, maybe that's the right word. He's saying, like, we live forever and hell is our life. 
you having to be there and watch and suffer forever. They don't show us any of that. Yeah, but it's not like it's not happening. It definitely happens. So, Kevin, one of our key complaints with the first movie was that we never got a sense as to why Bella and Edward would want to be together. We never got the idea. Like in, in most other movies, they go out of their way to show you why two people would get together, why they would have chemistry, why they would love each other. We never really got that in the first movie. Do you think you got that this time around? No, not at all. I mean, Edward's in the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie and then doesn't reappear again in any real form until 40 minutes left. Okay, so what ends up happening is because after this paper cut scene, the family decides that they can't be around Bella anymore, so they leave her, which is the right move, I would think. And Edward breaks up with Bella, dumps her right then and there, and he takes off. He's like, I'm sorry, baby, I'm out of here. And we get these amazingly over-the-top melodramatic sequences of her taking this breakup very, very poorly. Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> she, uh, she's catatonic in a chair for three months. <laughs> she doesn't move from the chair. So she doesn't go to school or anything. She doesn't go to school. Like, her life just stops. We see her in bed, and, like, in the middle of the night, she's, like, screaming like she's, like, a war veteran reliving, <laughs> like, horrific battles. When I saw this in the theater, I laughed out loud. I think I was the only person in the theater. I just started cackling at this. And you predicted I would do the same, and yes. your prediction was accurate. Yep, 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 I looked at my crystal ball. It's just so comical because you don't see any actual chemistry between those two characters. And to see her taking it that hard, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. I can only assume that this is fleshed out way more in the book. Like, you understand why they like each other. But we're reviewing the movie here. We're mm-hmm. not removing the book. This is what I was thinking when she is in so much agony during this breakup, right? This is how painful she feels just to, like, have her heart broken. And now she's willing to give up her soul? I can only imagine that's, like, a million times worse. Her love for him must be comparable, right? It must be so unquantifiable we can't even understand what it is. We shouldn't have to draw those conclusions. Like, that should be handed to us. We should see that on the screen. And we don't. Now, I haven't read these Twilight books, but just from watching the movies, there isn't much action here. There's so much dialogue, which can make for a good book, but it doesn't make for a good movie. Okay, so at this point in the movie, Bella starts to become a adrenaline junkie, <laughs> base jumping, <Yeah. laughs> skydiving yeah. with, with a snowboard attached to her feet. <laughs> like, she can't, it's almost as if she's become a cutter or something. Like, she can't feel anything anymore, so she needs to put herself in harm's way in order to feel anything anymore. Well, she does it because when she's in those extreme situations, she sees this Edward apparition. Yeah, this ghostly vision of Edward, like a doting father telling her not to take the risk. Which is really weird because I thought it was him. I still don't know what happened, actually. (laughs) Was that him giving her instruction? Because he was, that apparition was giving her very specific instructions. Yes, it was. That she wouldn't necessarily think in her own mind. But it's never made clear that that's him talking to her. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way that they can have a connection because it's explicitly stated that Edward cannot read Bella's mind, right? There is no link. Yeah, you're saying that like a lot of stuff shouldn't be able to happen with her. Isn't the movie that's out right now, doesn't it involve Bella getting pregnant from Edward? And isn't that like explicitly stated that vampires can't impregnate living humans? Is it in, in the Twilight yeah, series? Yeah, in the Twilight series. It's like explicitly stated that they really can't do that. She breaks down his power. His sperm power. They still Frankenstein's. She... <laughs> 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 they zap her belly <laughs> with his dead sperm. <laughs> <in it. laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you can bring it back. Okay, so staying on track with Bella being a adrenaline junkie lunatic, she starts hanging out with uh, Taylor Lautner now, with Jacob. You know, it's, it's around this time where Bella is explicitly stating stuff like, hey, Taylor, you are super hot. You're kind of beautiful, she says. She says, mm-hmm. like a complete moron without figuring out how a motorcycle functions, just jams on the accelerator and flies into a rock, hits her head really hard, is bleeding all over the place, looks up at him and goes, you're sort of beautiful. She's like, oh, you're so warm, right? Like mm-hmm. in direct conflict with her feelings with Edward. If I was him, I'd be like, look, <laughs> I really like you, okay? I find you very attractive. I love you. I'm alive. We can have a family. I'm not going to try and eat you. Can what, your current boyfriend give you that? Can your current boyfriend do that? What is that Corny. saying to girls that are that are watching this movie as far as role models go? Because this has been brought up in the first one. She's supposed to be, like, it's been brought up that she's a negative role model. Yeah, Kevin, do you think she's a negative role model for girls? Given her behavior, like how she acts. I mean, she's very reckless. She makes really poor decisions. She runs with the wrong crowd. Disregards her family. Yeah, her family's not even part of this story. She pretty much abandons her real family and takes up with the vampires as her new family. Yeah. She's a terrible role model. The next day, Bella goes to visit him, and Jacob is running around, topless in the rain. His shirt's off. He's got a, He's tattoo. Got a tattoo. From this point on, do we see him with a shirt on ever again? No. Oh, hell no. I don't Absolutely think we do. Not. Why would you want to put a shirt on, on an Adonis's body? Yeah, like he's like that. a Greek god. <laughs> Yeah, so we get a bit of um, a little bit of a mirroring going on of a previous scene. Jacob breaks up with Bella. Oh, so much drama! I know Kevin was really affected by this. Yeah, yeah, there was. There <laughs> he was, was in tears. He was so sad. There was a lot of drama. <laughs> Kevin looked like he took a large dose of drama me and pa- <laughs> yeah. pa- passed out on the couch. Throughout <laughs> the whole movie, I was having more fun watching Kevin's reaction to this. Like he looked like he was gonna die or kill himself. Like watching. This. <laughs> the previous vampire from the first one comes back to give the Cullens a warning. To give a warning that Victoria is coming back and see and that she is going to seek vengeance on Bella because it's only fair since the Cullens killed her lover, she has to kill one of the Cullens lovers. Bella's about to be attacked by this vampire, and she's absolutely going to get murdered and I guess eaten by by this vampire. It's at this point, and again, we're at the one hour mark that we get the appearance of the mummy. Yeah, the mummy finally the shows mummy up. The mummy finally shows up. The werewolves come out of the woods woods and he knows what they are. He seems to be well aware of exactly what they are, even though from all I understand about this place, this is the only area where these werewolves are. And most vampires are migratory, except for- I'm I'm sure the word gets around. They understand very well that these beings can kill them. I will say that the the werewolves looked awesome. I like these werewolves better than the underworld, the lichens. I like the take on them looking like actual wolves instead of like a man wolf. Yeah, okay. It's cool. It makes it look less silly. So all the werewolf dudes, they run around with like cut off jean shorts. It's like their uniform. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they all got together one day. Hey guys, what are we going to wear post-transformation? Jorts. Cut off jean shorts. Brilliant. It's around this point that Bella actually gets to go into this werewolf clan to their hangout and meet them in like a more casual environment when they're, they're just dudes. And she meets her equivalent in the werewolf clan, like the one girl who hangs out with the werewolves. And her face is like ripped to shreds. She has this huge scar all over. 
over it. I really like this idea of like, this is the outcome of a human female hanging out with these monsters. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt really badly. They never really do that to Bella. They should, I, I think, like cripple her in some way. They should put her in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this idea? Yeah, I mean, it shows that there's consequences to this. It also shows that to, to want to put yourself in that situation, you have to be a little crazy. Because why would you stay after that? Yeah. Right? I agree. Like, it, it's like being a groupie, like an extreme groupie. Like you're into werewolves or vampires. That's what keeps you there. And it just shows that they're not of the right mind. Love makes you do crazy things, Kevin. The villain from the last movie, Victoria, she shows up. She has a very long, protracted, slow motion chase scene in the woods, which I actually thought looked pretty decent. But Kevin, you don't like the effect of the vampires running, right? No, it's just, it looks like uh, it's from Jumper. Like they're skipping <laughs> yes. forward. But it, it's so disjointed. It should be smooth. What bothers me is that it's in slow motion and the wolves are moving at the same speed. Shouldn't they be flashing forward as well? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It looks stupid. I don't understand why it wouldn't just be a smooth run while they're so herky-jerky with it. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a stylistic choice. It, it has nothing based in reality at all. It's not like this. they're moving at this speed and they're clipping forward momentarily. That's not what's happening. The bad vampire girl jumps off a cliff and escapes. At the same time, Bella jumps off a cliff to commit suicide, I guess. I never got the impression it was for suicide. I got the impression that she was like a little half crazy there. I mean, she saw other people jump off that cliff at the yeah. same place and live, so. Well, when she did this, it sort of transmitted a signal to Edward's sister who can see into the future and she thought that she was killing herself <laughs> she came to visit her. So around this point in the movie, this is like an hour and a half in or something like that. I made this note. I said, so much stuff has happened and so many things have been said up to this point, yet it is of such little consequence. It's really as if nothing has happened. The only thing really has really happened is Edward left and Bella finds out Jacob's a werewolf, which she takes surprisingly well. I mean, if you're hanging out with vampires, if you find out someone's a werewolf, I feel like you'd yeah. be no, pretty... No, that should still shock you. Especially when it's somebody that you've known for so long, right? Yeah. It's at this scene that Amanda Green shows up to the house and... Alice. She looks great. Fantastic. Beefcake. <laughs> Beefcake. Debonair. <laughs> Debonair. Beefcake. Yeah, I didn't buy into this. <laughs> Alright, so let's just fast forward to the end here. So Edward <clears throat> believes that Bella has killed herself. And because of this, he doesn't want to live anymore. He wants to die. And the only way that vampires can die in this world is to get the okay from the vampire council and they'll destroy you. So he decides to go to Italy to get their word and Michael Sheen is there but they said no we're not going to kill you you're too cool you're too awesome we're not going <laughs> to kill you all they literally said nah bro too cool yeah you're too cool for school so we need you to live so they don't kill him off instead he decides that he's going to walk naked in public <laughs> which is a death sentence in the vampire community yeah yeah they're anti-nudity so he's going to break the pact and go out in public and the humans will see him and that'll be enough for the high council to kill him off that's his plan. Bella and Edward's sister, they hop on a plane, they go all the way to Italy to stop him, and there's like 30 minutes left in this movie. I felt as if everything that happened from the point where Edward leaves to right now was absolutely a waste of time. Like, this is the movie right here. All this stuff that happens in Italy. This is interesting, right? And they shoehorn in at the very end. Like, what a waste of time. I like the society that they have set up over there in Italy. Yeah, they look it's, really it's, cool. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting the way that they live. I, I didn't feel her longing for Edward. She was like, she was so upset that he was gone and then she seemed to just become reckless and there was this whole story with Jacob. It's just that whole part of the movie could have been cut out and it would have been <laughs> e extremely interesting. So we're cutting out about an hour and a half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. The movie is 30 minutes long. <laughs> There's a scene here where Michael Sheen wants to test Bella's ability because he's really curious about the fact that Bella is immune to all these powers. Dakota Fanning has this ability to make people feel pain. So he tells her to shoot Kristen Stewart with these with powers, this, powers. With yeah. a pain beam. Yeah, so Edward jumps in and takes the beam instead. And Edward falls to the ground. He's crawling on his belly. He feels the outside turning in. <laughs> he's walking in the Code of Fanny tries to use the power against Kristen uh, Stewart, but it doesn't work. So yet again, Bella is the special child. Just like in the first, she's like she's got amazing powers that she did nothing to gain. I don't understand it. You know everything there is to know about Twilight. Like, why is she so powerful? There's no explanation. They don't explain it. She's gifted. It's really enraging, isn't it? We were talking about this. Like, if anything, she seems to have powers that would make her perfectly suited to be a vampire hunter. Oh, yeah. Like, can you imagine that movie? She once loved vampires. But now she wants him dead. She's completely immune to all of these abilities. If she wanted to be a vampire hunter, that would be great. She's a threat to them. They should want to kill her immediately. They were, I guess, going to kill her because she knew too much. Yeah, but apparently the future says that... Yeah, Michael Sheen was able to use his ability to read Alice's... Yeah, she can look hand. into the future. And she's so stupid. And he saw Bella and uh, Edward running through the woods. Frolicking. And a million light reflections passed over both of them. Yeah, guess what? Bella's going to be a vampire someday. Great. One of the things I liked here during this Voltari scene at the end was when it's all over and they decide to let Bella go, she leaves and as she's leaving, an entire tour group of humans is being <laughs> literally led to the slaughter. They go into... Children. Children and old people. They go into this room and you hear them being killed, gutted like pigs, screaming in agony. And, it's, and I'm thinking to myself, so Bella, this is the kind of world you want to join, huh? This is what you're so desperately wanting to join. A world would you slaughter a room of innocent people? It lends to the theory. I mean, she is nuts. Psychotic. <laughs> She's insane, right? Like, she has something wrong with her mentally. <laughs> this is the only way this story works. I'll put it this way. She saw how Jasper lacks the ability to control himself around human blood, and that's, like, what any vampire is most drawn to. It's taken the rest of these vampires an extremely long amount of time to train themselves not to hunt and kill and eat human beings, but they've all done it. You'd reason to think that once she became a vampire, she'd get loose and have this insatiable bloodlust to drink human <laughs> blood and kill people. Doesn't she think that that's like an inevitability? She's going to go around murdering her father or her friends in high school? Or yeah. This never crosses her mind? She Clearly she has no self-control, right? She has none. Oh. She's the most impulsive human being that has ever been portrayed <laughs> to, in, in cinema. <laughs> when the Voltari were going to kill Edward, Bella offers herself as a sacrifice and says, kill me instead. Why would she do that? Edward's lived for hundreds of years and she's lived for 18. What, what, why does that make any sense? Kevin, you just don't understand love. <laughs> Kevin, you just don't get it. <laughs> We're then brought back to the beautiful Forks, Washington, where you get one final scene. Okay, let's just get to the end of this. <laughs> where the family is voting on whether or not she's going to be integrated into their vampire clan. Yeah, they have a secret ballot. They all put papers <laughs> into a hat. Survivor style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But Bella had so dumb. Surprisingly, Bella had the idol with her the whole time, which she pulled out. <laughs> so they they all vote, and they're like, "You're like family already," which makes no sense because they tried to eat her at the beginning of the movie. So they all vote to turn her into a vampire, and they're going to let her finish high school so it's easier. Yeah. Question mark. Uh, I don't know. Who cares? So we fast forward. We get one last shot of Team Edward and Team Jacob fighting each other, <laughs> and then finally Bella breaks a silence and she looks into the camera. She's like, Edward, will you marry me? Ba ba ba. And it cuts the. No, end. Edward asked her to marry him. <laughs> you got that completely wrong. <laughs> Were you watching this movie? It was the Sadie Hawkins Day dance. And she, she asked him for yes, she asked him. <laughs> she asked him to the soapbox social. The soapbox derby. Like, <laughs> so that's it. That's Twilight New Moon. This moon <laughs> This moon was real new. It sucked. <laughs> Let's find that with the real critics have to say about this movie. A big bowl of adolescent romantic mush garnished with horror light action scenes and a rush road trip. The Twilight Saga New Moon is a mess. Tom Long, Detroit News. Just because you make a movie about vampires doesn't mean you suck the life out of your story. Peter Rayner, Christian Science Monitor. What a bloated, self-important, crashing bore. Ruth Hennessy, Movie Time, ABC Radio National. And finally, it's too long, it's poorly acted, the story clunky and the dialogue is laughable. Build Goody Kuntz, Arizona Republic. Okay guys, New Moon currently holds a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? Martin looks so pained right now. Martin is a man at war with himself. (laughs) The acting was really poor, save Michael Sheen. The story makes absolutely no sense. It's borderline insane. The characters are not likable at all. The special effects are all right, but they're so few and far between that it leaves me grasping for something more in this movie, and it never gets delivered to me. The dialogue is cheesy and campy, but not in a funny and entertaining way, in like a very like disappointing and boring way. But I like this movie. I don't know why. I don't know why I like it. I'm going to give it a three out of... You're as crazy as Bella. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to give it a three out of five. I enjoy this movie. I really... After I spent, like what, we spent an an hour talking about all of its dismerits, and I'm still going to say I like it? I enjoy this movie for what it is. I really like the subject matter, and I don't know. Kevin looks like he's about to die. Like Kevin lost a part of himself. Yeah, I became more vampiric. <laughs> <laughs> like a chunk of his soul was lost while watching this movie. We have to take you to the hospital and hook you up to an IV. <laughs> yeah, this movie is that bad. I'm going to give it a two, because I think if you love the book, it seems to me like they'd probably be a good companion piece to the book. It's just so much dialogue. It's so boring to just watch and not have a basis in the thoughts and motivations of what these characters are, which I think the books probably offer. That's the only way I can see that this would work for for people. They they say so much stuff. (laughs) There's so so many words spoken, and no one really says anything of any substance. This movie is a volcano of words. There's times where I just put my head down on my my arm, and I just wanted to go to sleep so badly. It was so (laughs) boring. It's bored me to death. (laughs) Yawn. Okay, as for me, is it really that bad? I think it's pretty clear, yes, this movie is that bad. But, I'll say this, you know, at least with the first movie, I was interested enough to follow it from beginning to end. With this movie, I was on Twitter, 
Twitter. I was checking my email. Yeah, yeah. I think you made it up to 41 minutes before you jumped on Twitter. <laughs> this movie is a bore fest. It's a real snore fest. I guess um, I was right the first time. I mean, this was the first Twilight movie I ever saw. I didn't like it then. This movie is definitely a step down from the last one, for sure. It's unbelievable. It's like they want us to care about Edward and his plight, even though he's barely in this movie. Like, he abandons the movie and the audience, like, 30 minutes in, and then at the end of the movie, they shoehorn in this stupid crap where we're supposed to care about him. It's like, come on, give me a break. This movie's a, a snore fest. It's really boring. Dull. I did not enjoy my viewing of Twilight New Moon at all. It was well-directed at points. There was some interesting visuals. I'll give it that. But because the movie was just so damn dull, the Dante's Peak at least had the volcano to look at, I guess. Right. Which is somewhat interesting. This movie had nothing for me. I'm gonna give it a one out of five. Oh! Whoa! Yeah. Dropping a hot one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not enjoy my viewing of New Moon. That's three separate scores. I think that's the first time that's happened. No, no. We've gotten a four, a three, and a two, I think. Oh. This is a rarity on this damn show. One, two, three. We got the cycle here. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, guys, before we go, I have some very special voicemails that I've been saving for a very special occasion. I'll play some of these for you right now. To listen to your messages, press one. Yeah, this is the nerd. You guys are looking for questions, more personal questions to answer, so I thought I'd submit a few. If you were a shoe, what shoe would you be? All right, I'll hang up and look for my answer. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin? I would be, I'm going to say I would be a tennis sneaker. What, like a K-Swiss? Yeah, K-Swiss <laughs> tennis sneaker because it's versatile. I wear them both when I play tennis and basketball because there's good angle support. <laughs> would you do a K-Swiss tubes? You know, I've never tried the tubes. For I running hear. purposes, I would. I wear Brooks. I've been a Brooks man for a long time. Really? Yeah. I think I'd be a pair of Chuck Taylors. I think they got style, they got flair, and they're there. You stole my answer. I was, I was going to be Chuck Taylors. Because they're, they're so, so damn cheap. cheap. <laughs> they're so damn cheap. They fall apart. <laughs> they, hurt, they hurt your feet. <laughs> you wear them too long. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Chuck T- you can't get them wet. <laughs> okay, next up. Yeah, this is the nerd. Uh, question for the panel. Which one's the gay one? <laughs> Joel. <laughs> yeah, Joel. Yeah, Joel. <laughs> Joel. Joel's the game. <laughs> you give a real answer to this. <laughs> It's Joel. <laughs> Joel is the gay one. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna let that stand. I'm not gonna leave it at that. All right, no, no one, no one, no one on this podcast is homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> not that there's despite anything. Despite evidence to the contrary. Despite, despite a a enormous file <laughs> of video beefcake debonair of video audio. <laughs> and pictorial evidence to the contrary. No one here is, is actually no, gay. No, we are all currently engaged in heterosexual relationships. We're moment. all currently engaged in heterosexual masculine activities day to day. Okay, next I up. Go, I go bow hunting every morning. <laughs> all right, next up. Yeah, this is the nerd. A question for the panel. Uh, I like the laughter. I don't think you should cut that out uh, so much. You guys are funny. It's a funny podcast. How much raw material... How much raw audio do you do that you think percentage-wise, if you were to quantify it, is just laughter? Uh, 15%, 20%, 25%. Before you cut it down, how much raw audio is laughter? I'll hang up and listen to my answer. <laughs> I love that he's like, I'm going to go hang up and listen to my answer. Like, like he's calling a live radio show. <laughs> 
I'm gonna say that it's 98%, 99.999% just laughter. Yeah, there's gotta be close to almost 100% of the podcast is just nothing but laughter. All right, all right. next up. Yeah, hi, uh, the nerd again. Listen, uh, question for the panel. Uh, you guys college students? You sound like students. You sound young. Where do you go to school if you're college students? Uh, if not, uh, uh, how do you earn a paycheck? What do you do from nine to five? I'll hang up with playing. <laughs> That's great. We're not in college. Yeah, we, we went into that in a previous podcast, like what we do for a living. Okay, so, and finally, one last voicemail. Hey, uh, this is the nerd. This is a question for the panel. If you had like a half hour to sit down and just enjoy a really good sandwich, you know, no interruptions, nothing, <laughs> what what sandwich would that be? What what sandwich would you just spend a half hour really enjoying? I, I'd enjoy a good tuna salad mixed with egg salad with, uh, with maybe some ch- celery chopped up in there and uh, a little onion powder, a little pepper. Put that on a good pumpernickel. That sounds delicious. What would you guys do? I'll hang up with Brian. That is a hell of a question. That's a good question, though. I think I got an answer, though. If I had a half hour, my sandwich would be chicken salad with melted cheddar cheese, six or seven strips of bacon, grilled on an onion bagel, and I'd have about two or three of them. I need some pulled pork. Like, I'm dying for some pulled pork right now. man. Pulled pork is good. Ooh, I might change my answer right now. (laughs) I might might change my answer to pulled pork, then. (laughs) (laughs) Go for some pulled pork. I just recently had a sandwich that I found (laughs) delicious. I had a sandwich earlier today. We're going to have a spit-off podcast. Just talk about sandwiches. The sandwich corner. It was toasted bread. What kind of bread? Uh, I believe it was wheat. Okay. So wheat bread toasted. Paint a a sandwich painting for us. It was... uh, Some grilled chicken. Very thin chicken. Very thin. I think they pounded that down. So it was tender. Yeah, tender, thin chicken with lettuce, tomato, and bacon. Was there any kind of sauce? No, no sauce, but there was, I believe, Swiss cheese on it. That sounds good. It was Kiss the Heavens. Oh, it's delicious. Straight magnifique. So the nerd, thank you for all those voicemails. And let me tell you, I got a bunch more of those where that came from. So I'll, Perfect. I'll pepper those in some of the next Keep podcasts. them coming. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah are, those, those are, are good. Those, those are really, are really good really questions. Good. <laughs> you never really know a man until you know what kind of sandwich he's going to eat. All right. So, you know, do you, do you have anything more to say? You know, the 50th episode has come and gone. Do you have anything you want to say to the audience? Has it been almost one year? Yeah, I think officially the show went online like January 23rd, something like that. So it was around January 1st that we started screwing around and recording and stuff. I'd like to say that it's come a long way in a year. And uh, I don't know. It's really enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. At the same time, it's also a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big time commitment. But uh, I guess thanks for everybody that finds this podcast entertaining. Thanks for listening. Uh, I really enjoy the feedback. And it's it's great. I really enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. I mean, I don't know that Joel thought a year from now he'd still be doing this. No, absolutely not. Yeah, this show has pretty much surpassed all my original goals. I think it was like, I remember when we started, I was like, if I could get a hundred people to listen to this thing, I would be happy. And then when we got picked up by iTunes, I was like, if we could get 500 subscribers, I'd be really happy. Yeah. And we far surpassed that. Yeah. I didn't think we'd make it past 10 episodes. And like, I can't believe we're at 50. It's like unbelievable. So I'm going to give like a quick shout out to some of the people that have been listening to this thing since the very beginning. I don't know if I forget your name. I'm, I'm sorry. So there's Nito Burrito, Buxomia, Amber, Laura, Jack, Shannon, JV, Nate the Ape, 21, Miles. 
Oh, and of course, our, our buddy Tyrone. Tyrone Turbo Swag. Yeah, living in the trees. Yeah, of course. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this thing, who stuck along with us since the beginning. Like, especially the people who stuck along with us at the beginning. Considering how, like, <laughs> considering how ridiculous <laughs> a comparison it was, it was back to, then. to now. God. So, yeah, thank you. I mean, I can't make any promise as to how much longer we'll be doing this. I don't know if we're going to do it for another year, but who the hell knows what will happen in the future. But thank you. Thank everybody so much for doing this. Like, I literally would not be doing this if it wasn't for you. Like, if I didn't have an audience to, <laughs> no to answer to, to it, like, yeah, yeah I would have quit, like, so long ago if people didn't actually enjoy what we were doing. So, thanks, everybody, for listening to this. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please don't forget to check out our bonus episode in time at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. You can also visit our blog at blog.yeahitsthatbad. You can follow us on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin, and you can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. And you can listen to the show on your non-iPhone or Android devices via Stitcher at stitcher.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. have sex with somebody and cuddle with somebody in bed. It should at least be warm. It right? should have a pulse. <laughs> it should be alive. <laughs> I like my dicks hot. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Fiery. Burning. Throbbing. Burning. <laughs> like my penis is burning. <laughs> His penis is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) What a comment. (laughs) Okay, moving on.